0: the car Bill of rights the constitution what's it worth you know they're gonna grind us down uh, until it really hurts is this a sovereign nation or just a police state you better look out people All right, friends, welcome to a very special episode of Stand and Deliver, simply because I'm on location. Uh, That's the only reason it's special. I'm in Washington, D.C. for a Veterans Day event. And uh, by the way, welcome, Bob France, National Communications Director for Citizens for Free Speech, as always with the boss,
1: Patrick Wood. Founder Director of Citizens for Free Speech. And Bob, we are ready to rumble. We are. We got a great a great story here right off the bat. It's kind of good news. Somebody somebody
0: grew a backbone. Yeah. Can and you it, imagine? It, it is a great story for that reason. Uh that's exactly what they've done here. But before we do that, Pat, I uh, just wanted to talk about your location too. I mentioned that I'm on location in Washington, DC for an event for Veterans Day. You're in the state that doesn't know how to run elections. Or how <laughs> to count votes, or how to Arizona. <laughs> I mean my goodness gracious, I mean Maricopa County is it is it just the incompetence of the Secretary of State who happens to be running for governor by the way? I want to know how come the rest of the country or almost the rest of the country is finished counting and Arizona can't get it done.
1: I know, Bob, it makes me want to hide my face. <laughs> what can I say? It's, just, it's so so ashamed. So embarrassed to live in Arizona, and they're pulling this garbage right under our nose, and we can't do a thing about it. The results of the election are being slow walked by the opposing candidate of Kerry Lake, that is uh, Katie Hobbs, the current Secretary of State, who is in charge of elections, by the way. I have no slow
0: at all, right? No,
1: they're, I know they're slow walking the results of this election. They they can't get a count, can't get the count in. Well, they could, but they're not. And it's just a train wreck. I, we are the embarrassment of the country right now. Everybody else had their votes all done a long time ago. But we're still fiddling around here. We're not the biggest state in the country either. We're not really we're not that big compared to some. Florida no. got their, theirs done within two hours of the polls closing. But we can't get it. How does, how
0: does it. anybody explain that? I mean, and I, I know that's a question. You can't. But it's just it nope. just it leads to belief that you know chicanery is afoot here that there yes. are things. There's no other reason to say that we can't yeah. count these all up in one no. night like everybody else, and here we are in day three, day four since the election, and uh, yeah, you're right. It makes everybody in Arizona. Look <laughs> so, but let's let's talk about looking good, and let's talk about Rumble. You know, we talk yes. about Rumble a lot actually because it's you know it's the. It's the anti-censorship video platform. You know, it started out with YouTube, which is owned by Google, censoring virtually all content mm-hmm. that they don't like. Yep. We, we told everybody for a long time, go to Vimeo, go to Vimeo. That's much better. Then Vimeo started doing the same thing. And now it's about Rumble. And Rumble, to my knowledge, has been very, very upfront with people. They are not censoring content, and of course, unless it's illegal. The, the law matters, but but they're not censoring points of view, uh, content with which they disagree and so forth. And now they're, they're going one step further. When they are told they must censor by a national government, whether it be ours or one in Europe, uh, because these companies, of course, are multinational, when they're told you better start censoring and stopping some of this misinformation or disinformation, Rumble said, really? You sure about that? Bye-bye. And they bolted from France, Patrick (laughs) Wood. Talk about a bold statement. We are going to forego the entire French market. How many advertising revenue dollars will they lose for for pulling out of the European market? But they're saying, we don't care. We'd rather lose the money than, Mm -hmm. than abandon the principle of free speech.
1: Yep. That's it. What can you say? Tip of the hat to Rumble. I recommend, obviously, if you have a video message to produce, go do it on Rumble. Give them the business. It doesn't cost much to do it either, by the way. And I think it might even be some free services, but it's free to view. Yeah. So at least that, at least go there to consume, uh, you know, good videos and stuff. There's lots of stuff up there that also does appear on the YouTubes of the world. But you can get it on Rumble now, too. So, man, I tell you what, just give your eyeballs to Rumble for a while and encourage them. They need the encouragement. And uh, I'm, I'm glad they just, of all the countries to stick it to, I'm glad they stuck it to France in a way. And I do have some French friends, by the way, great, great people, by and large. But their government right now just really is in trouble, and they tried to strong arm Rumble into obeying them. Like, how dare you, you little, you know, video service company? You do what we say, and they says, no, "We're
0: out of here, bye." Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty remarkable. I have a lot of French friends too, but they're all fries. Those are about the only yes. ones I like. Uh, yes. and, uh, but, but Pat, what's what's so important here? <clears throat> Is what Rumble is, and by the way, I think also Rumble. Um, not only is it free to create an account to upload your videos, I think you can monetize them. I think with enough use, you can. Reviews, if you yeah, can, Rumble, Rumble pays you know with yes. royalties basically. So it's not only yes. it does not cost anything; you can make money using it, which is outstanding. And I love that about it. So uh, right. in fact, I think we're going to be moving on Rumble a little bit here with Stand and Deliver and a couple of other yes. projects that I'm involved in. We're going to do the same thing. So it's a it's a great bold statement, one that I hope other companies will will follow. Uh, And I don't know, is France the only, I I doubt it, that France is the only government that is telling these, you know, international, multinational uh, social media platforms, whether they be video or or, uh, textual or whatever the case might be, that they have to start censoring things. I would imagine this is going on elsewhere. Uh, And I I wonder what the next shoot or drop is going to be, Pat.
1: Well, I don't know. It's a good question. There's lots of uh, this kind of stuff coming out of Europe. And, of course, China. Is a market. I don't think Rumble's even in China at all. And I hope they never do. <clears throat> but um, well, China won't let them in, for one. If they right. don't censor, they won't let them in. Right. So, you know, Rumble, Rumble may just be for America in the end of it. And the way censorship is going here, there's going to be demands be put on Rumble here as well. So they'll have they'll have a fight of the life here to, uh, to you know, stay out of the crosshairs.
0: But it sounds like they're willing to to fight that fight. They're willing to sacrifice dollars.
1: They deserve deserve our support and they deserve our respect.
0: Okay, Pat, number two, I'm going to sit back and listen. You are so well versed in so much of what we're about to talk about with globalization. You wrote the book, uh, co wrote the book Trilaterals Over Washington. You know the history. The headline on Breitbart this week is Soros, of course, referencing George Soros. Rockefeller organization and Biden administration fund opposition media organization launch in Hungary, which, of course, uh, George Soros is, is, is Hungarian. So, uh, Patrick, that is a mouthful. And as I digested that story, I think I could be very, very superficial in my explanation. I need you to go much deeper to tell people what's happening.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm My head is just reeling at this still because, you know, we have reported on the fact that the administration, the current Biden administration, has been communicating with big social media and companies like Google as well uh, to censor free speech in America. Now we we've caught them with their pants down. There's been several different organizations now that kind of busted through that veil, and they've un, they've un, uh, uncovered the collusion that has been going on behind the scenes, even while they have told us, "Oh no." There's nothing going on. You know, we don't tell them. We're the, oh, the social media's a big evil people out there. You know, they're doing this all by themselves. We don't have anything to do with it. Then we caught them with their pants down and they've been doing it. And so, you know, they were busted. Okay, they were busted. And they know what they're doing is wrong. is patently against the First Amendment. So instead of trying to fight it here in America, this is my view, they have offshored the Biden administration the Biden administration has offshored censorship, offshored to Hungary. How have they done it? They're funding an organization called Internews, I N T E R N E W S. And it's being funded principally by the United States, but also by Open Society Foundation, which is George Soros. Right by all of the various Rockefeller foundations. There's the Brothers Fund, there's Rockefeller Fund, and uh, there's the Rockefeller Family and Associates Fund. They're all chipping in money to this, too. Now, these are all the people that have been associated over the decades with the Trilateral Commission, which are bringing a sustainable development and all of this stuff about, you know, uh, green new economy, a Green New Deal, and uh You know, all the nonsense going on in Egypt right now with COP27, et cetera. These are the groups behind all that stuff. Now, they're teaming up in a foreign country to direct censorship back to Americans. And they're beyond our reach, you understand. We don't have, as citizens, we have no recourse whatsoever for what happens in a foreign country, only in our own country. So, Bob, this is an end run, the likes of which I have never seen such a bold thing attempted in my lifetime. This is an end run around national sovereignty. I'm not sure how we're going to stop it, but this is really egregious. We need to at least appeal, I suppose, to Congress to slap these people back into the last century and say, no, you're not going to do this. You cannot do this. At least the effects of it need to be blocked from here. If you want to go censor Europe, fine. You go do whatever you want to do in Europe, but not here. That's the bottom line.
0: Pat, what do you suppose the goal of internews would be? Um, It's one thing to talk about censorship of American voices and American media, American social media, but the creation of a quote-unquote internews, are we... Is it, is it a new Pravda? Is, is it a new news? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is. Is it an internationally um, agreed-upon source of news? And this is what all of the countries that are involved here um, are, are going to agree is accurate, and anything that disputes the claims made yes. therein will be shut down? Is that, the, is that what we're saying yes. here?
1: This This is not, and by the way, this is not a new initiative, not immediately new to, what we're talking about right here. The article says in particular, the European conservative notes, that's the conservative organization Mm -hmm. notes that the U S government had already attempted to back a so-called quote, unquote, independent independent media in a country in the country back in 2017. uh, Though such plans were reportedly shut down. And I say immediately uh, by president Trump right there on the spot. So, nope, not going to do that. So this was an initiative that wasn't necessarily tied just to Biden administration. This was something they were trying to do along the way. Creating an official media organization is kind of like creating uh something like um, you know, the, the whatever it is, American free press radio uh to, to broadcast back into America propaganda <laughs> into our own into our own ears. But setting up an independent media organization means they will run the official stories that are applicable to their narrative.
0: Yeah. The narrative. And, and, you know, when you talk about an independent media, I thought an independent media was a free market media. I thought it was whatever the market will bear, what people choose to read, choose to listen to, and so on and so forth, and let the user decipher through, through tools like ours, by the way, uh, what, what is news from what is propaganda. Yes, we educate all the time in our training at citizens for free speech on how to recognize propaganda, how to diffuse it, uh, how to debunk it, and so forth. Uh, it's extraordinarily important. We do this on the website, we do this in our trainings, yes. we do this on the brochures, we do it in the newspaper, uh, the Free Speech Statesman. Uh, people need to recognize that. So, but that, isn't that what a real, true independent media is? Is is media? It is. It's consumed by whomever right. chooses to consume it, and it's up to them to yeah. figure out what is right and what is wrong, what is accurate, what is "quote unquote" disinformation, according to a government that has yes. financial reasons to steer information into yes. you know the disinformation yes. category.
1: That's exactly right. You know, it's it's like it's like putting on a pair of flip flops and walking up to your friend or your wife or whatever, say, "How do you like my tennis shoes?" <laughs> <laughs> and, Those aren't tennis shoes, those are flip-flops. No, no, no. They're they're tennis shoes, I assure you. It's like you can call it whatever you want. But when you get right down to it, it's a flip-flop organization that's going to spread their narrative to the world and back into America. Well, and
0: you know, and and to really to really hammer that home, if your wife will not listen to your argument that those are actually (laughs) tennis shoes. She starts yes. arguing with you and telling other people that my husband's a nut. He thinks those things are <laughs> flip flops Guess what? She gets canceled. She's not allowed to speak anymore. She loses her account. She gets her, you know, her social media accounts closed down. Who knows? Maybe she even ends up in jail because now we're talking about international stuff that is actually done in places that are not, you know, supposedly free, yes. which the United States remains. So okay. that's the other element here. It's one thing to push propaganda. It's another thing to punish and censor and suppress and cancel somebody who disagrees with your propaganda
1: yes <clears throat> and that's going that's going to go hand in hand of course there are so many fact checking organizations in europe already and in great britain as well that point back to the united states to censor us here um, most all of the fact checkers that are used by the facebook's and used to be twitter maybe they don't anymore i don't know but by by google um <clears throat> those fact-checking organizations mostly are out of reach of american legal system they're in europe they're they're offshore they're somewhere else so you could see an, an official media organ like this teaming up with all those fact checkers and whatever to blast anybody that dares to go against the narrative that they're putting out and you know again the thing the thing that's disturbing one is that the, the government would have the brass to spend American taxpayer dollars to, to stick it to us overseas. And number two, is it bringing in organizations like the Rockefeller brother Funds? Really? All three of the major organizations the Rockefeller Brothers have? And George Soros, who is openly trying to disrupt America and tear America apart piece by piece? Really? These are the people they partner with? Aren't there other organizations they might partner with that are just as bad? Well, apparently not. But they've gone right to the source of the infection of our entire planet to partner with the people now. Who And, and you say, well, who's going to tell who what to do? <laughs> I tell you what, the administration in our country is not going to tell the Rockefeller family and Brothers Fund, et cetera, et cetera, and George Soros what to do. It's going to be the other way around. They will tell us what to do, and they will do what they want to do with American money, taxpayer money, I might add. Can you
0: can you educate us just a little bit more, Patrick, on what an alliance between the Rockefellers, all three of those funds, and the Open Society Foundation? of Yes. What does that mean? That that you know that that uh, hang on. Or or got to get my
1: audio back, back but just take me a second. Sure. <clears throat> telephone That's rings at just the worst possible the worst time. time.
0: I know, I know. It happens. What are you going to do? It happens to everybody. Back.
1: Okay, I'm back. Sorry but, about but that. Yeah, just, just I will, that holy
0: uh, alliance, if I can call it that, of the Rockefellers and the Open Society Foundation. Yes. What that means to people? Give us uh, like a, yes. like, you know, for the layman, a layman's explanation.
1: Yes. It was David Rockefeller in particular who in 1973 co-founded the Trilateral Commission along with Zbigniew Brzezinski, a very well-known Political strategist, he died a few years ago, as did Rockefeller, by the way. Uh, they're both gone. Um, but he was, the, he was the man who collectively brought his cronies together and, and started the modern globalization movement. When I say modern globalization, I mean as opposed to the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, the early 70s at least, this, this was a new movement. It was a new thing. It resulted in the whole United Nations doctrine of sustainable development. And so now it's spread to the whole world. But the narrative that we have now across the whole planet with whether it be have to do with uh, the World Health Organization, with, with COVID, with the lockdowns, with um, all in the, the globalization forum. practices on a World Economic Forum. All of this really started with the Rockefellers back in the early 1970s. So. Their whole organization—they're very wealthy. He was chairman of Chase Manhattan Bank and had all the Standard Oil fortune behind him as well. Remember, John D. Rockefeller was the richest man in the world back in the early 1900s. Well, all of this money has been focused into creating the system of globalization we have today, and we know that they fight—they—they uh, they fight against anybody who would—who would. Um, who would correct the narrative that they're trying to put out over a very long period of time, but now especially, propaganda has never, ever been so egregious and so strong as today. I've never seen it, at least. Now, we've always had propaganda, truly, but today is just over the top. You mean in the
0: United States, or do you mean war? That's right.
1: And well, around the world, too, because Nazi
0: propaganda, I think back to Russian propaganda too. you know, uh, that's that's
1: that's right. There has been there has been that's right. There's been propaganda all around the world for forever, probably in one sense or another. But uh, but today in America, the free media here and even the alternative media has been by and large crushed. But the free media, which used to be free now, is completely captivated by the same global elite that uh, is running the world. So they can, they can tell these media outlets what to say, essentially, and uh, they can shove it down our throat. That's why so many people in America today have simply shut off all the cable TV. They're not listening to CNN. They're not listening to ABC or uh, CBS anymore. They just don't do it because they know they're going to get up. Their ears are going to get filled full of, you know, nonsense. So, you know, this is being institutionalized now across the shore, across the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) The big guns are going to be, Pointed back at us, primarily. I mean, that's the only reason the Biden administration would be involved in this is to point the weapons back to us to censor us, people like you and I, that are questioning the narrative, that are saying, you know what, that's we need to have a job. national discussion on this.
0: Yeah, and that's been their agenda from yeah. the very beginning, and in fact, going back, quite frankly, to the, the last Democrat administration before Biden, and that was what the Obama administration started. So um, yeah, right. let's use that, Pat, to pivot as we move on to our next topic on Stand and Deliver. And I want to talk about the impact going forward of what happened on Tuesday in the midterms is. Um, yes. I, I think everyone knows and everyone has, has, has declared the, the so-called red tsunami and red wave did not materialize. But that does not mean that the Democrats won because Republicans are going to take a, probably a very narrow majority in the in the House of Representatives. And it may still be yeah. a 50-50 or a 50-40, 51-49 Senate. Um, so, you know, there was there was no blood there, basically. It's almost like a draw and except for the brake pedal can be put on some legislation and out of control spending by uh, a Republic, uh, a Republican uh, uh, controlled House because they will then control mm-hmm. the committees as well. And so, from a free speech and First Amendment perspective, Pat, my first th- thoughts go to parents and parents' rights. My thoughts go to uh, Christians who pray outside of abortion clinics who have been targeted by the FBI now. While those radicals who attack pregnancy centers yes. that don't provide abortions with, with firebombs bombs uh, go un, you know, uninvestigated by the the uh, uh, the uh, or the uh, Department of Justice. So. There's a free speech, a free expression. I think there's a lot of things that are going to be impacted by the results of these elections. How do you see them? Yes,
1: yes. I I, I absolutely agree. <clears throat> I think there's going to be more investigation. Yeah. Done on the integrity of this election than ever before. I think it's going to put 2020 to shame. In term, I'm not to shame, but you know, in terms of effort, <laughs> it's going to be much more effort this time around. Because I think many You're people now are really. Right?
0: We were talking there, earlier. Yes, there are tremendous this. similarities between well, yeah, look and at Arizona.
1: What, what changed things in Arizona, I can speak for us, what changed things here was COVID. You say, well, why did it change COVID? Well, you know, before COVID, we had a very nice system in Arizona of precinct voting, polling stations, where we would go to a little, you know, a little church or school or something in our local community where we would vote and, you know, it would be tabulated right there on the spot by our neighbors and whatever Friends uh, in the local area, and uh, our vote would be tallied up by nightfall, by midnight. It would be done. Now, this is an absolutely 100% secure way to do it. But when COVID came along, all of a sudden the technocrats went nuts. Oh, we're going to provide a solution for you. You can't go to the polling place and vote. You can't put those those polling you know things uh, little enclosure six feet apart, you might, who knows, you might get sick walking through the doors. Let us make voting machines for you. We will make printers. We will make tabulators. We will make scanners. We'll do all this stuff, sophisticated (laughs) software that could be hacked from China. Why, we can do anything we want. That's what they did. Nationwide, Bob, they changed, organically changed the voting system across America from what it used to be and pre pre, like, what's 2019 and before to what it is today, a train wreck in many countries. Now, not so in Florida. We already know what made the difference in Florida. It was precinct activism. The precinct people got out and did their work in the communities like they should have. This isn't going on around the country very much, but they did it. They worked it from the top down the way it should be worked. They got a landslide victory. Now, If Carrie Lake gets elected here, which we think she will, um, because there's still a lot of uncounted votes that are going to be tilted in her direction. If she does get elected, the first thing, that's right. The first thing she says she's going to do is she's going to erase the entire system, put the machines in the landfill and go back to precinct voting again. Which I say, three cheers. Let's do it. Let's get rid of all these stupid machines. We don't need them, especially machines that were made outside of Arizona. That's crazy. If we wanted machines, we can make them right here. We have all the talent, we have all the machinery, we could do it ourselves if we chose to. But there's no need for it. What is wrong from you know taking a precinct that maybe has a thousand or two thousand households in it or whatever, putting in a polling station down at the you know the local grade school or middle school, and staffing it with people from your community? And just getting it done.
0: That, that, that's reasonable to you know, me.
1: This is a this is a no brainer. It's just a no brainer. We don't need to overcomplicate this.
0: So that's uh that's that's important. Uh, obviously the the, the will yes. of the people to speak by way of their votes is obviously the most important thing. I mean, absolutely, it's absolutely. And, you know, no and I'll tell you, you here here. No matter how you feel about any of the issues, yes. about inflation, about the crime, the border, about crime, about uh, uh, energy, gas prices, and so forth, none of them matter if you can vote yep. for people. Accurately trust the integrity of the process to yes. fix those things yes. in whatever manner you see fit. So that is yep. a huge, That's right. huge part of this. Go ahead.
1: This is point number five of the First Amendment, <laughs> that we have the right to call on our government to redress our grievances. That's what elections are all about. If you don't like them, kick the bums out or yep. whatever, right? Yep. So this is First Amendment all the way. And when 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 any organization or group or uh, you know a, a rogue official would so corrupt the voting system to where people have no confidence that their vote was actually counted or correctly counted, right? it's like it's just stopping on the First Amendment, just stopping on it because that's what it's all about is, you know, trust in the end of it. Well, we have a
0: right to at least make an appeal. What what, what bothers a lot of people, Patrick, and myself included is, we're being expected to think or to believe that this is just coincidental, that it's the same places every time. Mm-hmm. In your case, in, in Arizona there, it's Maricopa yes. County, that mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You're telling me yeah. that after the debacle of 2020, you they couldn't spend two full years making sure everything works. And in this case, printer and ink? Really? Really? That's what we're going to. Ah, we ran out of printer paper and ink, and uh, we're yep. going to have to shut down here for a few hours. We might have a few hours yep. less to vote. We're not supposed to think that's suppressing votes in particular areas. They're going to be very, very conservative in terms of turnout. Uh, I mean, we're—they think we're stupid, Patrick, and I think that's as, yep. as yep. bad as what they're actually doing to us. Is that they think we don't know? It. Uh and, yes. and that's that's an issue.
1: And just like that, Bob was gone. Well, being on location has its drawbacks at time because Bob was broadcasting from a hotel in Washington, D.C. The Wi-Fi was a little bit subpar, and his signal got cut short. So we're glad that uh, Bob could be on for the time. He's been spending uh, quite a bit of time in Washington, D.C. with various events that he's been invited to be participate in. Uh, that's a very good thing. and Of course, he's close enough from Cleveland to get there. Uh, going from Arizona would be a stretch, uh, very often for sure. But anyway, I want to close out our podcast today. We've covered some very interesting topics today. And I want to say an encouragement that there are many things that could be done on a local basis within your own city and your own County, um, as an exercise of free speech or free speech, there was an exit, exer- there was a, a, an event in. Southern California, I won't mention the city right yet, we're going to probably do a podcast on this in the near future, where um, a city of about 120,000 people um, had four open seats for city council. And that's a total of seven seats, but three were um, occupied, they didn't come up for election, and the other four were up for election. And so Some very creative local citizens got together and they made a slate of four potential candidates and they kind of bound them together and they ran together as a pack, all four. And they went out and scoured the city. They told the city of their message, what they wanted to do if they were elected, what they would do. And uh, the people resonated with that quite a bit. So when Election Day came, the entire slate was elected in one fell swoop. And what that meant was that the city council all of a sudden now is has a majority of conservative members. The other three will now be in a minority and will not have the ultimate say um, on on votes like they did before. There's many things in the city that need to be cleaned up, and this was their um, idea on how to get control of the city council to make a difference in their local community. Now, these were just ordinary citizens that did this. This this was not some super PAC coming out from the outside or whatever, you know, coming in there to pour millions of dollars in the election. This was 100% grassroots effort. It's, it was amazing. And what that tells me is that if they can do it in California, of all places, anybody can do it anywhere in America. But you have to get a seat at the table. You have to be represented in your local community to do it. And this is not really a stretch for most people. You're just as good as they are as anybody else, uh, you know, that might be in your local government. You're just as good as they. You're just as important as they are. Your opinions are just as important as theirs are. So you can do these things. And America is not without recourse at this point. And I have to say that the, the firewall that we can put around our local communities right now, to block the crazy stuff coming in from the outside and cleaning up, doing house cleaning and cleaning up the wokeness and stuff within our own city. It's within our power to do it. And if we don't do it, who will? You think the state's gonna come and do it for you? Maybe the county will come in and save you. (laughs) You know, that's not true. Maybe the federal government will come and save you and clean up your city. Oh yeah, that that would be a good laugh, wouldn't it? Uh, Never gonna happen. No, it's up to us individual citizens. Join us at Citizens for Free Speech. It's easy to join, it doesn't cost anything. We're a member supported organization. And for that matter, if you want to stand and deliver right right where you are, you don't have to be a member of Citizens for Free Speech. But I will say this, we're the only national organization defending free speech. And training our members on how to be engaged in the specific arena. We've got this covered, Six Ways to Sunday. We can help you, we can coach, we can mentor. We provide tools to you that will be useful in your own local community to do great things. So I encourage you, join with us. You can text the letters uh, CFFS to 313131 and you get a link back immediately if you're on a mobile device that will allow you to join right there on the spot. Otherwise go to our website citizensforfreespeech.org and you can join there. In the meantime, we will be back next week with more talk on free speech and the First Amendment in America. I'm Patrick Wood, Director and founder of Citizens for Free Speech. And I'm signing off also for Bob France, who is our National Director of Communications. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Hand
0: and deliver. You let them put the fear on you Sold down the river But not a word of it is true If there's nothing you can say Baby.